The Peak Daily is brought to you by our title sponsor, TELUS. TELUS is a leader in social capitalism and believes that to do well as a company, we must also do good in the communities where we live, work, and serve. The $100 million TELUS Pollinator Fund for Good invests in for-profit companies and founders of impact-driven companies to help move the needle on social innovation in Canada through its support of companies generating both business and social returns. Learn more about the TELUS Pollinator Fund for Good at telus.com slash pollinator fund. I'm Brett Chang. And I'm Jay Rosenthal. This is your Peak Daily for TGIF, November 5th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech all in less than seven minutes. Okay, so Jay, I woke up, I left my house, and what did I see in people's hands? Red Starbucks cups. It's that time of the year. And it's actually, it raised a question that I've been asking for a long time. When is it too early to start getting into the holiday spirit? What do you think, Jay? Well, if you asked me yesterday, I would have said it's already too early. We need to wait at least a couple of weeks. And then I got an eggnog flavored coffee. And now I'm all in on, on Christmas and coffee. We should make eggnog not a seasonal drink, but a year long drink. There's no reason why you only have to consume it now. You know who'd like that? Who? The Canadian dairy farmers who we talked about this week. That's right. But the prices will go up if we leave it up to them. And so I don't love that. But anyways, like, I, I, you know, I've always wondered when it's appropriate to start listening to Christmas music and to kind of get excited about everything. And it used to be the Santa Claus parade. But I just feel like uh, corporate Canada keeps on moving that date up, up and up. Well, as long as there's eggnog attached to it. Brett, what do we have for Peak Pals today aside from eggnog? For our first story, G-Fans. For our second story, Lightspeed is slowing down. And for our last story, Muted McEwens. For our first story, former central banker Mark Carney has built an alliance of 450 companies who pledge to focus their investments on achieving net zero carbon emissions. Brett, what is G-Fans aside from an awful, awful acronym? Well, I, I would have called it the Carney Coalition. But G-Fans is the name of this new group, and it stands for the Glasgow Financial Alliance for Net Zero, aka G-Fans. And it's a coalition of banks, insurance companies, asset management firms, and pension funds that, by the way, Jay, aren't known for their branding. This group was started by the former governor of the banks of Canada and England, Wonderkind, Mark Carney. Uh, GFANS promises to cut their fair share of global emissions by 50% to keep global temperatures from rising above 1.5 degrees Celsius. In addition, they're committing to climate-related corporate disclosures and risk management for their own businesses, as well as allocating capital to low-income nations to support their transition to green energy. However, and there is a however, GFANS members will not need to divest from fossil fuel investments, which environmental activists argue is like having your cake and eating it too, your delicious, delicious fossil fuel cake. So Brett, why should people care about GFANS aside from the fact, and I looked this up, it's an 18-point Scrabble word. Well, first of all, I love fossil fuel cake. That's my favorite type. So next year for my birthday, think about that. But it's also a step in the right direction. All of Canada's big financial institutions signed onto the alliance. And while it might not be perfect, it's good to see corporate finance, who, by the way, don't have the best record on this stuff, stepping up to the plate. For our second story, Montreal-based tech darling Lightspeed POS is struggling as its stock tanks 30% after the company released a poor revenue forecast. Jay, what's up with Lightspeed? Well, loyal peak pals may remember when short seller Spruce Point Capital released a critical report on the company in late September. I certainly do remember that, Brad. This is the first revenue guidance since that report, and it's not looking good. Lightspeed is reporting lower than expected sales targets due to a number of factors ranging from supply chain issues to new pandemic-related lockdowns in Australia. Basically, the full pandemic excuses. Yeah, the, the classic playbook. The news wiped out $5 billion in market capitalization 
And you hate to see this, but it had Spruce Point Capital CEO did a little bit of a victory lap on Twitter. But on a more positive note, both analysts at BMO and National Bank believe that Lightspeed normally and conservatively forecast their financials and that stocks tanking is a bit of an overreaction. So Jay, why should Pete Pels care about what's going on with Lightspeed? Well, Lightspeed is one of Canada's biggest technology companies that employs over 2,000 people, mainly in the Quebec. So Lightspeed's performance could have an impact on the larger Canadian economy. So we hope they get that $5 billion market cap right back. For our last story, a judge has denied Canadian celebrity chef Mark McEwen's restructuring plans for his restaurant, grocery, and events business. Brett, tell the Peak Pals what's happening with one of Canada's favorite celebrity chefs. Yeah, I'm not, I, I don't really know Mark McEwen that well at all. And so this is news to me, but uh, you might know him better as the head judge of Top Chef Canada. He also owns a sprawling empire of food-related businesses, mostly in Toronto. They include McEwen's Gourmet Grocery location at Toronto's Young and Bloor Streets and the Fabrica Restaurant. Well, as you can imagine, these businesses did not do particularly well during the pandemic and really were on the verge of running out of cash. So to prevent this, McEwen proposed a restructuring where they would transfer most of his assets to a new entity and close two money-losing locations in exchange. So normally you could only do one of these restructurings if there was no other bidder for the business or you wouldn't be able to sell it for a higher price. And that's what McEwen said. So he said that he wouldn't work with another owner so that he would be unable to sell the business to a third party for a higher price because his name's all over the thing. And this should legally allow him to proceed with the restructuring. But the judge ruled this wasn't a valid case and they rejected his restructuring bid outright. So Jay, why should Pete Pels care about Mark McEwen's businesses? Well, like thousands of other restaurants and hospitality owners, business was really hard during the pandemic. And while things are getting better now, McEwen's court fight is another example of how hospitality operators aren't out of the fight yet. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to and only daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. If you've got a moment, why not follow this podcast in your app of choice? Leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And Peak Pals, I do have to share an apology with Dale Richardson. Uh, I do acknowledge that there is regional division in this country. And I'm sorry for triggering him about the main Massachusetts comment yesterday. You know, we love Saskatchewan here. So thanks to Dale and thanks to 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. Thank you, Brett. And let me not apologize to you and say that yesterday we talked about green peppers on pizza. And it turns out a lot of people dislike green peppers on pizza, Brett. And more people actually like pineapple. So with the pineapple green pepper debate, I think I wouldn't. I'm not going to apologize. I don't want to. I don't even want an apology. Well, then enjoy your green pepper pizza alone today, bro. Yeah.